I just had to look at Justin Tucker's photo. He's a odd-looking man. Like his neck is wider than his face. Welcome to week three Ocho Bowl review. Uh, I'm joined by Chris Keane as always. Keane, how are you, mate? Hey, guys. How are we going? I'm going pretty well. How about you, Andrew? Uh, not too bad. Yeah, don't even get an introduction. No. Nah. Nah, well, we, we have got the commission as always. Uh, he's looking good. He's got a brand new chair. His Christmas present came early. He's just been telling us offline. So looking very, very sharp over there. Yeah, I thought after Jared's hot start, I need to get a racing chair to catch up to him. Well, it's uh, it's one of the problems you've definitely had with your team so far this year. So um, it's it's great to have you boys. It was a very, very big week in fantasy. Uh, a lot of action, a lot of activity, not quite the level of injuries that we saw last week, um, but, but definitely a lot of entertainment, particularly if you're on the right side of the ledger. Uh, before we kick off, I just wanted to um, probably bring it down a little notch, but I've got a few apologies that I think I need to make. So if you guys will bear with me for a minute or so. Uh, firstly, I'd like to extend an apology to Jared. Uh, I, I commented last week while discussing the dossier that he dropped off that he worked at Mazda. Uh, he actually works at Toyota. So apologies for getting that <laughs> one wrong. Um, shouldn't, shouldn't get Asian-based car companies confused. So that's uh, definitely on them. Mazda's copped a, a bum steer there. <laughs> Just rip it into them for no good reason. No, that's right. Um, I, I know a couple of people in the league drive Mazdas and I got some question marks through over the week. So I thought I'd better clarify that before they go and get second layer of airbags installed. Uh, the second apology, um, and it pains me to say this, uh, if you could see my face at the moment, it's really straining, but goes out to Woodsy. Um, I think it's fair to say that we have systematically paid out on that guy constantly since the conception of the podcast, which is six episodes ago. And of course, week three, he just put in a cheeky top score of the week, um, putting through 177.2, which isn't too shabby. So um, my apologies, and I guess on behalf of the podcast, our apologies to you, Woodsy. Um, However, since I made the note down that we were going to do an apology. He's literally dropped half his roster and he's completely blown up his fantasy team. So apology retracted, Woodsy. You've still got no idea what you're doing. And then the third and final apology, and this one is the most sincere of the three. Uh, it goes out to the commish, Andrew, who went into the Monday night game against me with an unassailable lead. Only Mahomes coming out and scoring a 40-something and Andrews being held to a couple of points was going to get the job done for me. And, of course, as always, just coasted to victory with some beautiful Monday night specials. So, to the commish, I apologise. You've been sensible haircuts. <laughs> I think I've been sensible haircuts for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly have, um, which, which is a lot more than you can say for me. And uh, Keeney's wearing a hat, which probably tells the story there as well. Oh, geez, we'll put it back on. And he's got his cough going. <laughs> Absolutely. So, look, with that, I think let's move into uh, to, to the review of the games over week three. Um, 
starting us off in no particular order, we might we might kick off with the one that was billed as the the grudge match of the week. Woodsy going up against Dale. Uh, Woodsy, as we mentioned, put up 177, got the job done over Dale with 119.94. Wasn't able to survive the injury to Saquon. Keeney, what was your take on this one? Uh, a few takeaways. Um, obviously, massive score from Woodsy. Um, you know, all of these players obviously performed very, very strongly. Um, I will say uh, the one thing I wrote down was just his um, lack of depth uh, on his bench. If if there is an injury or if if the NFL release some buys, which I think they have done, <laughs> um, and, and and before you know it, he's dropped half his bench. So which, which kind of <laughs> Bit of affirmation there that, yeah, no, nah, his bench was shit. Um, so he's dropped half of them and picked up some replacement level shit um, to sit on his pine at the minute, which is probably a half, better than half my squad anyway. So, um, look, 177, what can you say? You can't really say too much about that. That's an amazingly good score. For, for, um, for Dale, it was a little stiff. I mean, John Brown got injured. That was probably the big one for him. Um, but, I mean, he was never going to beat Woodsy score, was he? And I think, look, the battle of the, the two number one QBs, they're just <laughs> both well, My point on that was based on the, the preseason trade of uh, Wilson for Josh Allen and Landry, the moment you've got to give points to Woodsy on that trade, uh, Wilson's the number one QB, number two is Josh Allen, and then um, Landry looks like he could be cut bait soon if he keeps playing like this. Well, it's pretty cool. I was going to say, it's just, they're obviously both both players in question here, or the, the two players we're talking about here, Wilson and Allen, they've both been ridiculous to start the year. Um, my question is, do you think it'll continue or will it inevitably come back down? I think I read somewhere where Josh Allen, over the last, something like the last six or seven games, he's thrown 32 touchdowns and two interceptions or something stupid like that. Um and obviously, he was coming out of college, was known for his inaccuracy. Um, probably the question is, how long will it last, or will it just will they be the Lamar from last year? I think that when we sort of criticised the Josh Allen pick, it probably wasn't so much about his potential as a fantasy scorer; it was more where he took him, because um, he probably could have waited a little bit and still got him. But you'd have to say, looking at the trade, neither of them would be too unhappy with it at this point because they've both ended up with pretty strong QBs. Yeah, I think going forward, when you look at... So, Allen, probably the Rams this week is the only good... Like, he, the first two weeks, he played the Jets in Miami. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's done against a good team here, but then, um, you know, is he going to keep it up? I think is a bit hard to say. Whereas Wilson, um, I mean, their defense is so bad that he has to throw so much. And then, um, you yeah, know, now that they've actually let him throw 30 times a game, 40 times a game. I don't think you can stop it now. Yeah, it's a fair point. Did you have any other thoughts on this one, Andrew? Uh, no, that touched everything I had. I, I had a couple of quick ones, and I'm sure I can always see whenever we're talking about Woodsy, Keeney's just bobbing <laughs> around. So I'm sure he's got something else to add. But um, for, for, from my perspective, two things for Woodsy. Number one, and this was, I've got, a, I've got a couple of little nuggets of information that have been fed to me during the week. But this one, 
he, we, we will probably come back to his team later, Woodsy. And, and before I even say this, I know he's going to sit there going, you've got to be kidding me. I've just scored 177 and they just paid out of my team the whole time. But I will say this. He's clearly just had a complete conniption and dropped off his roster. But let's just go back a week when he bid eight fab dollars on Wayne Gorman, who I noticed has dropped as of today by Woodsy. But, and he was sort of going on about what a bad bid was on Miles Gaskin. Who's that guy? He was, he was feeling pretty comfy. Mate, you've, you've, you've got to stop reading the fantasy pros because they're clearly giving you a poor steer. You're just wasting fab dollars. You're bleeding them. And the other point I wanted to make on Woodsy was we've had the big debate about how you know smart he thinks he was by taking the Seattle, uh, sorry, the San Francisco defense early and, and how great it was to get Harrison Butker. And Harrison Butker is a very good kicker. I will give him that. But he missed an extra point. He missed a field goal. He's fallible like everyone else. He only put up, what was it, three points in the end. They're kickers, mate. They're like meat and potatoes. They're everywhere. Just like your team. <laughs> And um, I noticed San Fran, I got a nice matchup this week. But then after that, Miami, New England, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans. So pretty tough offences there that, all, um, that can all put up points. I will say one other thing, um, and that is commiserations to the great Dale, letting Saquon go today. I saw that. Yes, I felt very yes. sad for him. was a little disappointing. And I did feel for him as well. It would have had no bearing on the result. But to have another... Another zero from an injury with John Brown, um, the calf injury he sustained. To be fair, he played about half the game before he got injured and didn't even get targeted. So it wasn't, um, wasn't completely unlucky, but always hurts when you've got an injured player in your field, particularly if he's come out of the week that Dale's had. Um, what, do you, what do you make of Dale's roster? Obviously, he's, he was in that amazing position with his running backs before the Saquon injury. With Cook, Taylor, Saquon, he's lost Saquon. He's still got Cook and Taylor, obviously. Do you reckon? Do you reckon it's salvageable for him, or is he just kind of circling the drain at the moment? Because he's still two and one. He's still in a pretty strong position ladder-wise. His roster is pretty good. Like even you know, Allen's obviously been playing elite. Cook and Taylor look pretty good, and then Henderson, if he he's playing like he needs to to keep his the number one the starting job. Um, so if he can keep holding out Akers and uh, Brown, then um, you know he's probably one receiver short. But I think that's probably the easiest position to fill. Um, so I mean, being at week three, being two and one, and plays he's got, I wouldn't be unhappy with his roster. Yeah, I agree. All right. Any last thoughts on the Mop versus Woodsy? No, we devote enough time to Woodsy. All right, let's move on. So we've got the uh, the game that kind of went down to the wire and then didn't, but we all got a little bit excited about it, which was Judge Judy Fitzy looking for his first win of the season. And um, to be honest, if he'd won this game, he would have been well ahead of his average of the 4.4. So probably shouldn't be a surprise that he got done. Um, against Camo, undefeated and very, very smug, sitting over there in, in lockdown in Carnegie. Um, Camo, in the end, got the job done 125 to 119. It ultimately came down to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had to be held to less than 12 or 13 and obviously wasn't able to be done with his 18 on the Monday night game. So Camo got the chocolates. Andrew, what would you make of this one? Uh, so the first one I had was, uh, at the moment, Fitzy winning the trade with Woodsy. Eckler outscoring uh, Henry this week. Mm. So round one to uh, Fitzy there. 
Um, and then uh, Fitzy just can't get Leonard Fournette right. Has him on the bench last week when he puts up 25. <laughs> and then brings him in and he scores a gentleman's 4.2. Yeah, very true. And not only did he score Big Derek, he also did get Corey Davis in that deal who put up a nice little 12-pointer. Good depth player coming into bye weeks. It is true. And I, sh- I should point out, even though Thielen's been a little flat the last two weeks, he's still doing better out of the Michael Thomas trade with me because Thomas has scored a big fat zero since we made that trade. So he's still beating me by about 20 points. Um, what did you? T- what were your thoughts, Kenny? Well, while, we're on, while we're on the charges, I think for both um, Eckler here in this matchup and also Keenan Allen, um, I think the, the fact they're using Herbert as QB is helping both those players. Um, Certainly Eckler, like the you saw week one, he, he I think he had one target, and I know they came out and said we got to use him a bit more, but on the on the weekend he had eleven, um, so that's his floor is so low with Herbert under center, um, just because all the dump offs are going to go to him, um, and I think just the takeaway for me was just like Keenan Allen is just a severely underrated player every year. He's just very very good no matter who his quarterback is, um, and he comes up big again. Really, he was the the difference in the end. Because if you look at Camo's bench as well, like there's not a heap of depth there for him at the minute. I know he's got a few injuries with the rugs, Moss as well. But um, unless, you know, Cook gets injured, he's not starting Madison. Darwin Thompson, you could probably drop. I'm not sure if he did. I can't remember. And and Cole's similar boat. Um, so, yeah, he was, he was big for him, Keenan Allen. Mm, yeah, he was. It, it's, yeah, I agree with you on his bench because he's sort of got two kind of, you know, roughly at the back end of the top 12 tight ends. So he's going to play one of them a week and the other one's kind of pretty much covering his bench. And then he's got his starters and that's it. You know, there's no depth there. There's, you could slot Keelan Cole in, but no one would be too excited about starting Keelan Cole. So he's he's not one who's ready to take a couple of injuries. The other thing I just wanted to say was as much as I was cheering for Fitzy and I was really cheering for Fitzy, I would have felt a bit for Camo had he got done because Fitzy's defense put up 10 points more than Camo's. And while Camo went the Falcons, which in fairness, when the quarterback of Chicago got benched halfway through the game, it was a pretty inspired move. So given, uh, you know, a Super Bowl winning quarterback sits on the bench, comes in, Nick Foles and just tears up the second half and leads him to victory. I would have felt a bit for Camo had he got done based on the defences by a couple of points. I'll tell you what, though. Camo will be sitting there. Have a look at Kyler Murray's next four weeks. They've got Carolina, who are pretty ordinary defensively. The Jets, who might have given up by that point. Dallas and Seattle, who both of the defences are atrocious this year. Um, mm. he, he could absolutely go crazy in the next month. So um, with him as QB, he's uh, looking pretty strong. Yeah, he certainly is. The, the Seattle defense is so interesting at the moment. You just love any part of Seattle because playing them or being on them because they're just literally giving. I don't know what I don't. I don't know enough detail of how they kind of set up defensively, but like it looks to me like they're literally just standing back and just letting people kind of slowly move their way out the field against them. And then of mm-hmm. course Russell Wilson's just gone berserk on offense, and you know what's he, fifteen or fourteen touchdowns through three weeks or something like that. So yeah. 
yeah, they're good games to watch at the moment. It's an absolute perfect storm for Russell Wilson at the moment. Yeah, this is like this is like Breeze in like 2009, 2010. The defense is so bad that he just chuck. He's going to chuck it 40 times a, a week, and he's going to mm. score three, four touchdowns minimum. Um, not that he's not a touchdowns one interception at the moment. Yeah, it's just he's yeah he's going to go crazy. Um, like, that yeah, interception. That interception, by the way, was very stiff. I don't know if anyone remembers yeah, it, but you literally hit Olsen directly in the hands and it should yeah. bounce straight up in the air and, yeah, and, pick six. And he also, so he threw five touchdowns, but he also threw one to TK Metcalf that decided to oh. roll into the end zone and just get knocked out. So he could have had six. Yeah, because that was touchback as well, wasn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah. and he lost that. Day, I was probably a bit lucky that Woodsy didn't. If he'd lost to Woodsy by a touchdown, it had been because of that. Oh, yeah. would been, he would have been ropeable. Yeah, that's that's that is true. Although, in fairness, if because Woodsy's now got Russell Wilson, oh yeah, so, so we'd have, have to go the other way around. Like, yeah, two points. The, the, the amount of trading this year is just confusing everything. All right, let's move into the next game. My man, the Haver, just getting the job done against Larry's dump truck cam, who was undefeated. Uh, it's good to see the reigning champ put back in his place a little bit. So 135 to 107, pretty comprehensive victory, which if you were watching the game live was actually a really, really good comeback because he had uh, Russell Gage get injured during the game. Jordan Reed get injured during the game. So he lost two players, which barely scored. Uh, but Kamara, Sunday night, just a cheeky 44, <laughs> kind of did the job for him in the end. That was pretty good to watch. Well, it ended up being Kamara, Jones and Crosby who combined for 75, um, which is just enormous, really. Um, one thing, you did mention how unlucky he was with um, Russell Gage um, getting injured. I've had on my notes here, Gage over Golladay, what are you doing <laughs> Oh, yeah. Jeez. Why, <laughs> why, why was Russell Gage started over Kenny Golladay? I need some explanation. I haven't asked Davis, but uh, my question was that he wasn't getting up to watch the early games. And so he didn't want to put someone he'd know with definitely what, like, wasn't 100% to play. Yeah, uh, I think because Golladay hasn't played yet this year, I think he was questionable going into Sunday. Yeah. So it looked and like he was going to play. Wasn't, but you don't know if he's in back in or not. Yeah. I, I think he was pretty definite he was going to play. But anyway, worked yeah, out right. It, yeah, it <laughs> d- didn't, didn't need him in the end. But yeah, it would have, would have been pretty painful for him had he gone down by a couple of points, which looked very, very on the cards for a lot of the game. Yeah. Kamish, um, what did you make of this one? Well, so I had a couple of things on Cam's team. So first was, could it be the most fateful decision of the draft? Uh, I believe it was pick 70 where Cam... I even said, are you going to pick uh, your boy Russell Wilson here? And he decided to take Deshaun Watson instead. <laughs> it could be a... Um, could stop him going back to back there. The other one is um, Waller and Fant. He's got both of them three weeks and he hasn't started the highest scoring out of the two of them in any of the three weeks. Yeah. yeah it's- and, and I wrote here for, for Cam and, and we do... The, everyone does this like who plays fantasy, but and this is harsh, but if Cam started Mike Davis over Ingram and Fant over Waller, he would have won. Like well, everyone, everyone does that sort of stuff, and it's really hard to say that. But um, 
I don't think it's that. I don't think it is that hard to say it in this instance, though, because if you're picking up, he, I think we worked out last week. He spent 35 fab on Mike Davis. Now McCaffrey's down for kind of a handful of weeks. What are you spending the money and getting him if you're not going to start him? Because he's only got a few week window. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I looked so at I that and thought this. He yeah. said that he didn't play Davis because he thought that uh, how good the Chargers' defense is. So he wasn't going to play him this week, and he thought that the game on uh, Tuesday would be a shootout. Mm. Yeah, I guess you know yeah, it's easy to say in hindsight, isn't it? Very. Uh, and about you like with Waller, he just what he put up forty points the week before. You can't really bench him the next week, even though like no, no. But yeah, he like I love Fan. I would still would have played Waller after that performance. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Uh, Keeney, oh, do you have anything else on this one? Not really. Just that I would be kind of worried about Ingram going forward. I just, I mean. We've talked ad nauseum about Dobbins, uh, Edwards, and Ingram. Um, <laughs> and Gus the bus. Don't leave the bed in But like week one, he, he had 29 yards rushing. And then last week, he had 30 yards rushing. Like it's, it's clearly a committee, and he's kind of on the aging, declining side of it. So I think he, he's hard to start going forward. Yeah, you'd you'd want to have options there, wouldn't you? Which which for Cam, I mean, I guess he does, but they're they're limited because he's he's gone in and picked up Davis, but at some point Davis is going to become irrelevant again. Ronald Jones, not a lot of security there. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think we we called it at the start of the year when we looked at his team. We said if Zeke goes down, he's in a lot of trouble at running back, and that's probably still the truth. All right, moving on to our next one. Um, Kelsey Clinton, Ben, the man who buys chairs for Christmas very, very early, coming <laughs> up against Mr. Toyota himself, Jared. Um, absolute non-event in the end. Kelsey Clinton putting up a paltry 77.98 um, and Jared just getting the job done with 140, which he must be very relieved about because I think we talked about him being very unlucky through two weeks, kind of strong team, high scores both weeks and getting done. Um, always nice to have a nice big percentage booster. Keeney, what do you think about this one? Well, yeah, he's one and two, but he might be the best team in it. Um, I, th- I think the biggest talking point is, and he's been traded now, but Lamar. Um, obviously, we know the capital he spent on him. Um, it hasn't worked out at this stage, but Andrew's come in and swooped on the big fella. Um, do you want to talk us through the trade or do you want to hold back on that? Uh, we'll, do that. we'll do that when we get to waivers, I think. Just, just keep keeping the fans waiting. Well, it, whatever. Um, I'll tell, tell you what, though. Like, you're right. The hugely built Monday night matchup against Mahomes and 14 is not what you're expecting out of Lamar. I mean, I guess if it's going to happen from Ben's perspective, it was the week because he was done anyway. But um, it would t- take some sort of miracle for your quarterback to get you from a big deficit going into a Monday night game. Only the absolute best teams could pull that off. But obviously, wasn't to be for Ben. Andrew, what did you make of this one? Um, so on Ben's side, uh, he's just getting wrecked by Kyler taking all of Kenyon Drake's goal line carries. Mm. I don't Would think you... he's, had a, he's had one in week one touchdown, but uh, Kyler just keeps them all within the five and runs them in. Drake went pick 12, if I remember correctly. 
if we're drafting again today, where do you reckon roughly he goes? Maybe like late third, early fourth. Really? Uh, no, I still think he'd go like late second round. But the issue with Kenyon Drake at the moment, and I've got Chase Edmonds in a lot of leagues, is just he's not getting any receiving work at all. So you're right, either Kyler's keeping it or he just doesn't check it down to him or they bring Chase Edmonds in on third down. Um, yeah, he he's just had, not used in that role. So his floor's actually pretty low. Um, yeah, he hasn't had uh, over 10 yards receiving in any of the games. Yes, which is, and I think he's been targeted once or twice at maximum. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's it's all Kyler or Edmonds in the passing game, which is kind of not what you want with a top-end running back. You want him to be able to do both, obviously. Yeah, but then on the other end, you've got David Johnson has just got, I think, four pretty big games coming up. So uh, his other running back should hopefully be, or hopefully for Ben, be taking off from here, I think. Well, he'd hope so because our critique of his team at draft day was that he, he just had all these guys that were sort of high-risk, you know, boom or bust type players, AJ <laughs> Green, Marvin Jones, Hawkinson, Marquise Brown. And at the moment, they just seem to be busting more than they're... Well, AJ Green and Hawkinson, I traded to him in the DJ Shark trade. Oh, that's true. That's true. But he, and he's got, yeah, I mean, Jamison Crowder is another one of them. Obviously, started well and has been out since. Um, but, yeah. I mean, he's, he's the sort of team that's always going to have some big scores on his bench every couple of weeks just because he's got those sorts of players. But... Difficult classic Ben style. We get eliminated, and then first week of the finals, he'll put up the highest score for the league. <laughs> always does. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as I've always said, you just need a lineup you can set your watch to, just like a very sensible <laughs> haircut. And having these these guys that you don't know whether to start or not, no, no help to anybody. Um, any thoughts on Jared's team? Just ticking along nicely. Yeah, it is. Um... I mean, it's, it's pretty strong across the board. He's got had got some good depth, um, the running back position. Not even playing Montgomery, just slotting McKinnon in. Well, Carson's injured now, so that'll be interesting to see how that kind of holds up. But, um, you know, he's getting the yeah. job done. Godwin's missed a game and then, you know, he's still, still putting up big numbers. So, obviously, having the Colts defense has been pretty handy this year um, so far. But it's more, you know, 15 last week, 26 this week. Um, which which <laughs> certainly seems to help. Yeah. I, interestingly, he could have McKinnon and Carson, his two starting running backs from last week, both out injured this coming week. But as you say, he's got Montgomery and he's got Gibson as well, who's a, he's fine to start if you had to start him. So it's pretty good depth. Um, our other interesting you know, thing is... He's also got Godwin out as well and he's playing... And Devontae uh, Adams. Uh, and Devontae Adams, yeah. And he's got Havers and Reese the next two weeks. So two of the better teams, I would say. So, I mean, with injuries, like if he doesn't get lucky with some of those depth players, he could be uh, one and four, which is pretty hard to come back from. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty even league. It's very difficult to come back from there. Um, interesting to see Brandon Ayuk as well, just putting up a cheeky 21 after costing him the win last week by being terrible. So always no. good to see that sort of irony. Um, all right, let's move on. Our next oh, game. Oh, yeah, was, before we do. I don't know if this is a natural segue for you, Steve, but if you look at how Reese, uh, sorry, not Reese. if you look at how Jared's bench did this year, uh, this week, 
64.8, which is eerily similar to someone else's total score. <laughs> <laughs> is that a good segue to the next game? It is a brilliant segue that because... Cool. <laughs> I reckon after coming out and opening the show last week with just teeing off on everybody else, um, you, you gave yourself one giant dose of karma and it delivered with a cheeky 64.8. The, I, there was a lot of work being done. Hey, was clearly just putting in the, the midnight hours on the spreadsheet development to come up with high scores, <laughs> lowest scores in the history of the Ocho. And it doesn't rank too highly in the PPRE, let's just say. Um, yeah, commitment. Oh, it was it was it was some of the best. And I think at some stage in a in a coming episode, we're just going to have to do a bit of a deep dive into some of the gold that exists within that spreadsheet. Because between that and the dossier that Jared put together, we are absolutely ripe with beautiful <laughs> statistics at the moment. Um, but back to your sixty four point eight, the old Nintendo that you've put up on the weekend. Um, <laughs> you are uh, you, you were lucky because you came up against Reese, who also had a flat week. Not put up 150, just getting the win by just a cheeky 86. Good on him. Andrew, we'll, we'll give Keeney a moment to compose himself just as he gets over the depression of this weekend. Result. What did you make of this one, Andrew? Oh, just Reese's team is looking ominous. He loses the best player in fantasy football and then just puts up an easy 150 without breaking a sweat with you know, Edelman and Newton not doing much. And, I mean, once he gets um, um, CMC back, I mean, it could be, he could be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, it's a good call. I, one thing that, and I'm probably trying to just tee Reese up with a bit of karma here, but two empty spots on his bench just didn't even bother coming close to completing his roster. Well, obviously, he got a starting lineup, but just... Just that little regard for the rest of the league and the competition that he just gets. Hey, you know, I don't even need my six bench spots. I'm just going to stick to the four. Very arrogant coming from the man. Keeney, how do you feel about this one? Uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'll start. I'll start with. Um, I'll start with Reese's team actually, and it, for mine, it just looks like. James Robinson is going to be one of those guys that could absolutely, particularly having CMC, as you said, like he could be the guy that just wins a lot of leagues for people this year, I think. Like he's clearly the guy in Jacksonville. Um, and they're, you know, they're offensively going to be okay. Um, and yeah, he might be good. So, so um, to have him to just slot in when you lose Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. Um and, you know, good luck to him. I mean, his defense scored 16, his kicker scored 14. Um, elite numbers from two very important positions in fantasy football. Um, I'll, I will say um, one positive for me was <laughs> you always want to get blown out when your team plays like absolute pump, um, which is what happened here. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to defend myself, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> What I will say is not once was it mentioned that two of my players got injured in the first quarter of the game and never returned to the <laughs> But we'll let that one slide. We'll just ignore that completely when you look at my score. We'll, um, we'll, we'll just help. add that to the archives for life by saying it on a podcast so that it will forever be remembered when we talk well, about the score. Well, I, I think it's somewhat relevant. Um, 
But I, it was good to see the, the big goggles come through for me. Um, if, if I don't take anything away, it's that I think that was my highest score of the year from any individual player. Um, 10 <laughs> my kicker. So I'm pretty happy. It was going to be my comment on this game that by far the most entertaining aspect was whether or not the goggles was going to be a higher score. Because going into Monday night, his 10 was. And of course, Tyreek Hill, just the hipster himself, got a cheeky 21 and probably made your score look a little bit more respectable as well. Because if he'd put up a, a four or a five, we could have been talking all-time low of, yeah. uh, of score for a week. So, um, yeah, look, and I think... I've got one to add, and we'll come back to this guy because he's somehow found himself picked up on the waiver wire again. But just while we're laying the boots into Keeney, it came to my attention over the course of the week. Um, and Keeney, you've been very, very vocal on one particular player uh, on opposing lineups who found himself on the waivers recently, and that's Sony Michelle. Um, now, <laughs> I had a screenshot printed out put into an envelope and dropped under my door in the dead of the night. There's <laughs> <laughs> clearly an attempt to be anonymous, but there's only one person who lives within five Ks of my house, which is Dale. It's clearly come from him. Plus wow. there were three spelling mistakes on the note. So it's definitely Dale. But what, do you, what the screenshot shows me, and I, I, I've t- got a screenshot here to show you guys. I'll hold it up to the screen so you can see it. It's just the rankings of running backs at the moment. Now, I'm going to go through the list, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. 35 with a total of 29.7 points for the year, J.K. Dobbins. 36 with a total of 28, so just behind, Adrian Peterson. 37 with a total of 27.6, so right there with him, Sony Michelle, the old fall down at the line man himself. 38, this isn't a great one for you, Andrew, but Joe Mixon with 27.2. And then 39, D. Swift from Detroit, <laughs> just with 26.4. So for all the rhetoric that we've been paying out on Sony Michelle, apart from AP, who's right in the mix there, we've got J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, and Joe Mixon, who basically scored the same as in three, three weeks. Yeah, so I mean, that was very interesting. And clearly Dale did as well. Convenient after, he, after Sony put up 1.9 last week. We didn't hear from Dale last week. <laughs> Look, he's, he's, he's hardly on the field, Tony. Like, he barely played in the first half. I, 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 you can pick him up if you want, but I think they're moving on pretty quickly as soon as either Harris is um, healthy or the, the other kid that they've got at the moment, um, Taylor, I think his name is, who they're using a fair bit. So um, I'll stand by my Sony Michelle take. No problem. Well, well it was very interesting, actually, because I don't want to sort of give away too many spoilers for our waiver wire discussion in a few minutes, but Camo picked up Sony Michelle to get on the waivers this week. So, which is inexplicable given, you know, fair enough. There's the stat we just dropped, but he also did it after a week where Rex Burkett had three touchdowns. So it's not, I'm not sure what Camo saw that suddenly made him think that Sony is this fantastic bet to get back on. But anyway, that was, uh, that was that. Any, any other thoughts on Keeney's absolute obliteration at the hands of Reese? Uh, oh, the only other thing I had was um, we've given Re- we gave Reese some stick for Chubb and Hunt, but I mean it does look like if you get him on a week where they have a opponent that they can go off on, like he's going to be tough to beat. And if you look at if those two stay healthy and he gets so week fifteen, week sixteen, they've got Jets and Giants. Um, it could just be those two carrying him to a championship. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair call. It's it, they're looking pretty 
they're looking pretty good. I saw that firsthand last week as well. Um, I was going to say, I think the listeners want to hear you guys pile in on me a bit more. Surely you've got <laughs> more for the listeners at home. Mm. All right. Well, I, I'll, I will say this on behalf of the listeners. <laughs> you were very, very high on Gardner Minshew. And I, I, I'd ask him how he's feeling about being on your roster, but he's not on your roster anymore. He's currently sitting there on the waiver, right? Dropped him quicker than a hot spud, um, Woodsy style. We just talked about where DeAndre Swift is sitting, J.K. Dobbins. He's, he's going to be up and down. He's not going to be a consistent performer, I think it's fair to say, at this point in the year. He might grow into it as the year goes on, but at this point, he's very, very sketchy at best. You might get some good weeks, but you're going to have to take some bad weeks along with it. Um, Tyreek Hill's pretty pretty all right. DJ Moore's definitely having a down year compared to what we probably all expected of him. And I don't know whether that's Teddy Bridgewater um, or that's just it's a slow start to the year, but would you say that's fair? Yeah, it's, it's fair. He hasn't um, got in the end zone yet. He had 120 yards last week, but um, yeah, definitely. He's getting targeted enough. Um, I'm not as concerned with him. I think the bigger worry probably is this Carolina's just probably less competitive, certainly, than I thought they were going to be. I know they won on the weekend, but just, I don't know. I actually, I thought they were going to be a really strong offense this year. But They've been pretty good. Like, they, they're in the game against Tampa Bay, and then um, they sort of dropped off at the end, and they were only lost to four points to Vegas, who look like they're a decent team. Like, they're not going to... Like, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're one of those teams that if the other team doesn't show up, like... They're gonna beat. They'll they'll beat teams, and they'll like if you beat them, you've got to earn it. Like it's um, like they're just a competent football team. Yeah, I, I think that the concern with them is it just seems like it's the Christian McCaffrey show when he's playing, and then you've probably got a handful of weeks without him, and DJ Moore hasn't cashed in on the first of them at least. Um, but having said that, you know we can put him aside because he's one of the strongest people on your roster. Does got it's injured. <laughs> Uh, Deontay Johnson, that's a bit stiff as well. Him and Goddard were, were okay. Oh, hold were, on, you know, hold but on. Getting hold injured, on. no good. You can talk about the other tight end I've got if you want to talk about Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I was going to Keeney, with Goddard getting injured and Kittle might not play this week, are you regretting not drafting three tight ends? Yeah. A lot of people have had injuries, like McCaffrey, Barkley, those kind of people as well. So it happens. Yeah, it definitely happens. But, I mean, you look, yeah, you're right. Kittle, hopefully the time's aligned for you so you, you don't have a hole to fill for too long. Um, <laughs> just to round out, you've uh, we touched on Deontay Johnson. I think he's good. He's obviously just unfortunate getting injured last week. Your bench, Josh Kelly looks a lot lower than he did a week ago. Um, Edmonds, as you say, He's kind of just stuffing up Drake at the moment. He's sort of <laughs> difficult to start on his own, but unless Drake gets injured, he's not going to be much value to you. Philip Lindsay, he's probably actually got a real upside because Gordon is a little shaky. And yeah, Denver's yeah, looking I mean, pretty ordinary at the moment. I mean, he's not a league winner, but I was very, very high on Philip Lindsay this year, um, which really annoyed me because he would have been starting in that RB2 spot for me most weeks. Anyway, he might be back this week, which will help. He disappointed as well, dropping the Bengals D, and then they outscore oh, okay. um, your defense this week. Uh, I can't. I've, I 
can't stand defenses in fantasy. That's right. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Preston Williams, yeah, he's meh, whatever. And then, of course, Mike Evans, very good player, but you didn't start him for some well, reason. As I as I said in the on the WhatsApp thing, like, so I had Minshew and versus Robinson on the Friday night or the Friday afternoon. So I put Deontay in for the Evans, and it was just a bit of a high variance play, hoping Deontay'd have like fifteen catches or something. Two touchdowns. I would have normally started Evans, but um, yeah. Well, um, probably unless he was going to score ninety-five, it wouldn't have made a difference for you. I'm <laughs> talking about my team too much. Let's go. All right. The one thing I will say, there's one very, very good thing about your team, and that's the goggles. Just a very, very good <laughs> kicker and a very, very good display pitcher. So, as as much as we can point the finger and and just you know blame you for trying to take on Fitzy as bottom of the league, you've um you've you're doing something right with the goggles. And we'll get to it later, but someone's... Well, actually, I, I keep thinking I'm 0-3. I was about to say someone's going to have a win next week. I'm playing <laughs> Ben. But, um, I've actually snagged one in the first week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're 10th, so you're not even in the bottom two at the moment. So it's... Uh, I feel yeah. like I am. Yeah, well, you, you, the trajectory, if you look at your scores over the course of the year, your trajectory is not looking great. You'll be scoring in the 20s a couple of weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> You're making records. <laughs> That's right. All right. And then let's move on to our final game of the week, which was absolutely the blockbuster, the main event, the thing that everyone paid their money to see. That was um, the sensible haircuts myself coming up against the commission, Andrew. Both teams one and one, both teams needing a win. It's fair to say that, and I'll give you my little commentary of this one first, because, you know, I think anyone that watched the Monday night game probably live this out but for those that didn't I'll just give you a cheeky play by play um, I copped <laughs> I copped firstly Julio as a he was questionable all week so it's not really a late withdrawal but he didn't get the nod and I'd built my roster basically around needing because I'm carrying Michael Thomas who's already out uh, Christian Kirker is already out and a couple of running backs who I couldn't really start given I'd um, I sort of had three running backs I needed to start anyway so I basically left myself having to start Stephen Sims, who did not get a target, did not get a catch, was absolutely <laughs> useless. Um, another one, a bit like Goskowski a few weeks ago, I was trying to drop him big game because I just had enough of him. A um, couple of other things probably didn't go my way, but it's fair to say I was still looking all right, uh, thanks in part to probably some underperformances, particularly by Joe Mixon on the... Uh, the, the Andrew side, I was looking pretty comfortable until the Seattle game started. And by halftime, Tyler Lockett had three touchdowns, roaring his way to a 37 and just absolutely given me... Like if the, I don't think NFL.com does the percentage chance, or at least it doesn't on the app, but I was like a one percenter. Because going into the Monday night game, I basically needed Mahomes to outscore Mark Andrews by 32, which was pretty pretty unlikely. And then anyone that watched the Monday night game, just an absolute absolute example of why it can be the good move to take these early quarterbacks because Mahomes was unbelievable. And Mark Andrews was, well, just probably a symptom of the poor night that Lamar Jackson had. And the 40 from Pat Mahomes, who we're not allowed to call Pat, according to the commentary on, and his bum tweeting during the commentary on Monday night um, against Mark Andrews, 5.2 just got me a cheeky two and a half point win. Did I miss anything there, Andrew? And how do you feel? Um, oh, as I said on the WhatsApp, like 
while I'm disappointed I didn't get the win, I probably shouldn't have won week one. So being one and two is probably about where my team deserved to be. Um, one thing was, so going in, I was like, I didn't think Ryan would have a good game. And in, uh, there was a couple of quarterbacks that I was like, oh, maybe I'll drop you know one of the guys on my bench for them and play them instead. I was like, no, I'll keep Ryan because you had Ridley and Hurst and Julio if you'd played. And so then I'd offset the points. I'm like, no, I should have just gone for the most amount of points <laughs> and I would have won. And another thing was on um, the Indy D that Jared picked up, he outbid me on them by one fab, which was also the difference between a win or a loss. I think you. I think he outbid me by one as well. We, we both tried to. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 to be honest, it was one of those games that had the games been scheduled in a different order, it would have just been a whatever game. But just because Lockett played late and then yeah. Mahomes played even later and both put up ridiculous numbers, it it made it quite interesting at the finish. What do you think, Kenny? Well, I think Andrew's answer was very diplomatic, saying, oh, I should be one. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Mate, you are as stiff as I've seen for a long, long time. <laughs> and please failed to mention the fact that Mark Andrews dropped about four different times <laughs> one of the game, including a touchdown that was like a little chesty. <laughs> he should have just hauled it. He had eight targets, caught three of them. Um, a few of them just came straight off the hands. I thought you, yeah, I thought you were pretty stiff. Um, but apart from that, I mean, both teams looking reasonably solid. I think I, I would say that Joe Mixon right now is a concern for you. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think. Uh, look, I've, I've fielded some offers for him, and I've just had to give him the don't argue. Um, What's the best you've got? Like oh, you don't want to sell him, low, do you? No. So. Um, all the one that so this was a counter offer, but it was Kelsey for Mixon and Andrew. <laughs> Why doesn't it surprise me that Woodsy's involved in a trade? <laughs> um, that was a so I'd offered him Gurley and Andrews for Kelsey, and he rejected that. And then, um, and then he came back to me after I rejected the Mixon offer and offered Tyler Boyd for Mixon straight up, which I played away, but um. If you look at Mixon last year, like it was the same. He struggled at the start and then came on at the end. So I'm sort of hoping that's what happens again. And I think as well, like teams are trying to, at the start, they're going to have Burrow, like you're going to sell out to sell the run and make Burrow beat you. And now that sort of, you know, he's looking like he's a pretty decent, or at least a competent quarterback at the moment. And he's going to get better as the year goes on. Teams are going to sort of play the pass a bit more against him. And it should hopefully open up and hopefully some defences get some injuries so that their trash O-line isn't swamped every game. Yeah, and, and look, I had um, I'd written down, look, Joe Mixon might be a concern, but Tyler Lockett certainly isn't. Um, we touched on it at the start, just the Russell Wilson show just keeps on keeping on. Um, so I'm not sure where he sits in the wide receiver ranks, but it'd be right up there, wouldn't it, Tyler Lockett? I think he's um, number two. Yeah, number two, there you go. So... Um, Actually, I do have one other thing, and that's uh, we've got a first for our podcast tonight, and that is that we actually have our first ever mailbag question, um, <laughs> which which is breaking great areas here, and um, it's actually <laughs> a question for Steve, and it, and it reads as follows. Do we know who it's from? Is it anonymous, or have we got a person put their name to it? 
It is anonymous. I'll, oh, okay. I won't reveal who it's from. <laughs> sure. But it, it, uh, it got sent to me this afternoon. It said, hi, Steve, long-time fan. Can you please let me know why you still have Stephen Sims on your roster? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, my short answer is I put Stephen Sims on my roster. Sorry, I put Stephen Sims up against a waiver bid for Justin Jefferson. So I couldn't drop him because he was the subject to a waiver claim. Um, because once you you've done it, I actually did it during the week. So I could, I could have dropped him and re-put submitted the waiver, but I just thought I'd just leave it. But he's, he will, he'll be gone very shortly, it's fair to say. I don't have a kicker for this week, so um, I've, I've got to pick, bring a kicker in anyway. Well, so. look, we'll talk off, offline about the goggles, but... <laughs> oh, I, I would... There uh, was a uh, point I'd probably throw your Naheem Hines for goggles, to be honest. Oh, Just a minute. I'll think about it. He'd be your starting uh, RB1 as well. <laughs> your roster. Uh, during our game, there was a point where you didn't have your kicker and I was very tempted to drop, like two or three players on my bench and just pick up all of the good kickers that were left in the afternoon games. Because all of the, the Sunday night and the Monday night kickers had already been taken. So it was yeah. pretty close. If, like, if I had my I had too much depth on the bench then, at the moment oh. I would drop half of my bench. So <laughs> I will, um, I don't know if this is probably revealing too many tactics, but I actually did that on purpose to try to tempt you into doing that. <laughs> so, because I knew you'd be watching it, and we've talked at length about your t- strategy of the dropping kickers. So, I knew you'd be thinking about it. And I was watching our scores and watching how long there was to the late games. And I was just trying to see if I don't necessarily need the kicker, I'm going to wait and wait and wait and hope you do it. But I need it to be close enough that you're going to think it's worthwhile because, you, like, you've got some reasonable plays on your bench that you probably have to let go. So, I was sort of, um, I was just, I was waiting and waiting, but then. In the end, it was definitely the right move by me because the four points that my kicker scored was the difference between winning and losing. Um, and then you'll notice I didn't wait till it was like thir- late third quarter in the early game, so they took it. I didn't yeah. wait till the last minute. Oh, so. I was gonna wait, like if because there's the six oh five start game. Um, if that game had gone past and it was before the six twenty fives, I was like, yeah, I'll start having to look then. Yeah, no, I'd done the same maths as you and seen which how many kickers were left in the late games. I was like, I have to do it before the second wave or you actually can do the, the you know, short changing of me. Um, the other one, just, just to call out, is a bit of a rebuttal because there was a bit of talk last week about how poor my waiver bit of Miles Gaskin was. Um, <laughs> not too sure there's many people out there who still have that opinion. But there was one who was very vocal and I've already had a dip at this. I'm going to have another dip at it again. Was a was a young man by the name of Ben Woods, who who I think was uh, I forget the exact words he used, and I'm not going to search it now. But let's just say he was quite disparaging. There was a bit of a sense of who is Miles Gaskin. You realise there's multiple running backs at Miami. Get around me. I've got fantasy pros. That was you know a bit of a bit of a paraphrasing of what was coming out of his mouth. Now we've heard that call before, haven't we? <laughs> we certainly have. Now the first thing I just want to say to that Woodsy. And I know you're listening. Matt Breeder, one of those three-headed running backs that you talked about, 0.4. So just park that. If, I think you've actually dropped him now, which rightly so. The second thing, and this one, I'm not going to take the full credit. This one was actually um, added to the dossier from Jared over the week. But Wayne Gorman, who you dropped, 
I just want to, you picked him up last week and you spent eight fab on him. I just want to read you the news summary and analysis that is currently on Wayne Gorman from NFL.com. Posted Wednesday, September 30, Gorman had four carries for seven yards and two catches for seven yards on three targets against the 49ers. Analysis. He was part of a three-man committee with Devonta Freeman and Dion Lewis, and like the other two, did next to nothing. Gorman's ceiling is low, and his floor is getting released from the roster at any point. Whack. <laughs> the NFL.com people clearly do not work at Fantasy Pros, mate, because that was just a complete waste of eight fab. May as well have just, just chucked it out. I don't know if that's even possible to drop your fab, but you may as well have done that while you're dropping the rest of your roster. Anyway, rant over on Miles Gaskin. That's uh, a good pickup. He, he's, clearly, he's clearly the guy there. Like, it, it might be a, like the annoying thing for you is Jordan Howard's kind of coming in when they get to the one yard line. But apart from that, yeah. um, he's clearly kind of the 70, 70 30 back I would, you'd want to own. Yeah, I think it, you just, with the Dolphins, you're just always hoping for game script to go right because they're a team that can just get absolutely pantsed at times. But he's catching passes too, which is pretty helpful. So, he, and, and he's, he's the clear running downs guy. So, yeah, not feeling too bad about that one at the moment. Um, just just need to get a few more injured players back and things will be just ticking along nicely down at Sensible Haircut Land. All right, let's move into the waiver wire. I think before we go through the transactions as of today, as usual, another blockbuster waiver wire, it's going on multiple pages these days on NFL.com, which is how many moves are being made across rosters in the Ocho. But we had a very big trade a couple of days ago, so I think transaction conversation should probably start there. Kamish, being at the centre of the furor, do you want to talk us through it? Hey, so I traded uh, Matt Ryan, uh, Robbie Anderson and Will Fuller to Ben for Lamar after his down night on Monday. Um, so pretty much after the game, Ben was talking about how you know, he needs to make a big move and then... Yeah, that's the benefit of living in the same house as one of your league mates is you get the inside costs on their team. And um, at first he wasn't going to trade Lamar to me because he just didn't want me to have Lamar. Um, but then I made him that offer and you know, put some pressure on him around the house just as he's making <laughs> a cup of coffee, just a bit of whispers. Um, and then... Disconnected uh, the electricity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, managed to get it through. Um, well, so I, part of my is I was a, I'm besides the locket I really don't like my team at the moment so I'm like at least if I get Lamar I get a fun play to watch well yeah <laughs> it was it was definitely it was topical I'll say that Keeney what did you think who won out of this trade um, yeah I, I don't know I, I, I understand the appeal from both sides I mean um, I see, like, you've got to pay kind of those overs for Lamar a little bit. Um, and it's a good time to get him, really. You didn't pay that much. Um, yeah. Well, if you look at, like, my wide receivers, um, while Brown and Shark are both injured, um, and then, like, Lockett's always going to start. And then at the moment, I've got, like, Gurley, you'd probably start over both those guys. I tried. Maybe not Anderson at the moment. Um, so then I was like, I'm not going to play both of them most weeks anyway. So 
like I'd rather get some like upgrade another position that I can get that those points on the field. Yeah, I can see it from Ben's point of view because those three are arguably starters. Although a flip side to that would be they're not really Anderson and Fuller aren't really better than the wide receivers he's got. They're like slightly better. So it's I think if you just look at the the players being exchanged on their own, you know, in a vacuum, it probably looks like a pretty fair trade or the Ben comes ahead in terms of total player value. But when you factor in that Ben's got a bench guys to put those guys in, I'm not sure it adds much incremental value to his roster. Um, I don't, like if you look at like Anderson, I think people just, because they're used to Anderson not being great, but like three weeks in, he's a top 10 wide receiver and he's getting decent targets. He like, this week he only got 10 points, but that was against the Chargers who were like a good passing D and he still got six targets for 55 yards without a touchdown. Like that's probably going to be the hardest D faces and they're in a game script where they're not going to pass it as much. So I think Anderson's good. And then um, like Fuller's, you know, we all know what Fuller is, but um, like, then you can put AJ Green on the bench until AJ Green remembers that he's AJ Green. And then like Jones is probably droppable soon. Crowder, who knows when he's gonna play, and Lazard and Hollywood are both up and down. So I mean, I would most weeks I think he's gonna start those two that I traded him, I think. Well, yeah, I think th- th- this stage they're talking about Crowder being available to play this week. I, I guess, you know, my point would be his wide receivers now will be Green, Marvin Jones, Marquise Brown, Jamison Crowder. He's got also Nikhil Harry and um, Lazard. You add in Will Fuller and um, and uh, Alan, yeah, and 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 it's not super obvious to me which of those two you start, uh, which two out of the whole the whole bunch there. Like I feel like you could you could change week to week. The other side I would say is. You've got a player that definitely will be good. I reckon all three of those guys could significantly regress. The flip side, though, when you trade three for one player, if Lamar gets injured, you've given up half a roster. So that's the, I mean, that is the flip side. Like, so I, th- I think it's one of those trades that probably the league doesn't like because it potentially makes your team a bunch stronger without mm-hmm. really giving up any of your starters. But you sort of see why both both teams would make the trade because there's some value from each of their perspectives. Like looking at your team now, Andrew, like I think you've got a really, really high ceiling if it all goes well, like Lamar, Mixon, Miles Sanders, Tyler Lockett, you get AJ Brown back in, Mark Andrews, Todd Gurley. That is strong um, if you are healthy. So you're obviously missing AJ Brown at the moment, Um, but that's starting seven. Um, you You can move the... New York Jets on whenever you're ready. Um, yeah. <laughs> DJ Chark to, to come in at some point as a backup as well. Yeah. It's, it's all of a sudden with like that upside of Lamar scoring, capable of scoring 30 to 40, um, and the rest of your squad, it's pretty strong. Mm. Well, hopefully that does pin it. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've, you've talked us through how you fleece Ben, uh, let's jump into the waiver wire. <laughs> Do you want to run us through the transactions from this week? Sure thing. So we'll start with Woodsy. So he Woodsy spent seventeen dollars on Jeff Wilson, 
Um, and then he's gone 23 on Ashlyn Jeffrey and $5 on uh, Cole Beasley. Would you make a, anything of interest there for you, Kenny? Um, uh, look, it's not for me, Jeff Wilson, for $17, but that's each their own. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a matter of time before, you know, they'll get some, they'll get some guys back. Um, Jeffrey, yeah, I, what's Jeffrey's situation at the moment? That that Philly offense just is looking horrific. But I mean, if he's, he's not back he, this week, I think he's going to be back next week. So I mean, yeah, I don't mind that one. Um, you know, he's two and one, so he can take a punt on that kind of waiting and hoping he turns into a solid wide receiver um, going forward. What was the other one? Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. He's hard to start to mind, Cole Beasley. Um, he's fine in bye weeks, I suppose. He'll get you five or six, but. Um, hard to start. He's I will as say one potatoes thing. as you can get, I reckon, Colby. He's, he's classic man potatoes. He also, also got a Rex Burkhead as well, sorry. Ah. And uh, Sexy Rexy. Yeah, interesting. I will say um, he does only have $17 remaining after three weeks. So, one to watch there. Yeah. I do think that he kind of got sucked in by the the big spending last week. And so he's spent a bit more than probably those players are worth um, because he's seen what you what people were spending last week, whereas you know, this week he probably could have got them both for 10 bucks less. Steve, what's the, what are the odds that um, Rex Burkhead gets the Gorman treatment next week from Woodsy? <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's, he's spent three, three on him and I would not be surprised if he's back on the waivers and Woodsy's another three, three fab lighter in his wallet. Um, the, the, the one, so my comment on this would be he's clearly got a massive problem at running back. His wide receivers are fine. Like he's got Robinson, he's got Cup, who as long as he remembers to start him is, is clearly good. And then he's got Tyler Boyd as well. He's, he's totally fine as he flex. Um, he's picked up Elshon Jeffrey, I think, I agree. 23 fab dollars he spent there. That's, that's probably a smart investment, particularly given... Philly's like scraping the bottom of the barrel with wide receivers and tight ends at the moment. Jeff Wilson, I don't know what he's thinking there, to be honest, because sure, if you look at his score, he scored 20 points, but he scored a couple of late touchdowns in a blowout as vultures when McKinnon went off injured. He's got Raheem Mostert that's not out forever ahead of him. Plus, he's also got Coleman there. Like Wilson's just so far down that depth chart and none of them are really long-term injuries. So... Not too sure where the value of 17 on that is. Um, but at least he's trying to address running back. Cole Beasley for five. I don't know what that's meant to do because you're just adding a little bit of depth. But again, you just, when you don't have much fab left, it's every dollar counts. And Rex Burkhead, you know, we know he's never scoring 30 again. So good luck that's with it. that one. <laughs> you see, you bought him one week too late, I think, on that one, Woodsy. So yeah, I guess my, my overall point is just I'm not really sure he's addressed. Like he's spent a bunch of fab that's not addressing his problem, which is running back. He's also spent four weeks ripping into me for not having good running backs, and his <laughs> running back room is shocking. Like, well, who which running backs did he draft that he's having a crack for me? Not he didn't draft any either. Well, yeah, he's got none. And if I start, he's Eckler who's traded, but um, I mean, he's he's he'll. I think he's still starting Frank Gore this week. He's going to have to, isn't he? Oh, he's I got think, Derek Henry, of course. Um, yeah, Henry, but. 
but who's his like? Is he going to start Rex? He's not going to start Wilson, is he? I think he's starting Wilson at the moment. He's got. Le- he but does have Lynn Bell. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that uh, he's got uh, a retainer at uh, O'Brien Glass, just from all the stones he's thrown inside his glass cabinet. <laughs> Lev Bell's an interesting one, isn't he? Like, I don't know. I was um, I was talking to Camo today about him, and just he almost needs Gase to get fired. And then if if he if Gase does get fired, you feel really good about Lev Bell. Um, mm. If he doesn't, uh, it's hard to start. I mean, you'll start him, but I just I think his ceiling's pretty capped with Gase at the helm. It, well, uh, I reckon if they fire Gase, whoever they put as a temporary coach might be told to tank for Trevor, and then they just <laughs> get rid of him, and then it depends on where the trade goes to. So, I mean, yeah, he could be. I wouldn't say league winner, but he could be a very good player near the end of the year. But, I mean, he could just be sitting on the bench doing nothing, avoiding injury um, until he gets a new team next year. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I I think with Lev Bell, he's probably lucky that it's Woodsy that's got him because it's Woodsy's running backs are so bad that actually it's easy to start him. But I reckon there's a lot of rosters. Like, There's no way Reese would even consider starting him. Look at his running backs. Like I reckon I'd have trouble starting him in my running backs, and I'm like a significant step down from like where Reese is. I don't know, just yeah, he's a bit of no man's land. But we kind of everyone sort of thought that might be the case back at draft day. Um, all right, who was next? Uh, so the big spender Ben uh, spent thirty five, outbidding me by one uh, on Justin Jefferson, um, and then he spent seven dollars on the Broncos D. Now. Let's let's talk that one because I'm just pulling up the waiver report as we speak. There was some very interesting bidding going on in Justin Jefferson. So you mentioned Ben got him for 35. Andrew, as you said, bid 34. I think I was next. I bid 21. We had Haver bid 17. Reese bid 12. Woodsy bid 11. And Dale with his token $1 bids that he seems to just do on everybody. Um, so what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven bidders. Could be a record. Um, so I can tell you, so on Tuesday, I was chatting to Ben about him and Ben said he was putting a bid of $30 in on him. Oh. And so I knew I wanted him because I've been big on him, but I was sort of, I wanted to wait until he was starting to get targets. Um, and so I was like, well, I know Ben's going to be 30, so I've got to outbid that. So I put 34 on and then I was chatting to Ben about after he got him. He's, um, he was saying he thought I was going to bid 31. And he's like, just to make sure I'll bid, bid up to 35. He wants to go above 35, you can have him. I'm like, I should have bid 36. Oh, there you go. It's, there's a lot of, um, I don't know what I'd call it, but I don't know if it, whether it's collaboration or it's, yeah. There's just, yeah, real chicanery going on down well, in the also- Andrew Ben household. We just talked about all the wide receivers on Ben's roster and then he spends 35 fab on another one. He don't, he, I mean, he's a man who loves rookie wide, uh, wide receivers on his team. So, and I mean, he's it's an on-brand move. He's straight in too. I, I see he's already whipped Hollywood Brownies out. He's had enough Holly. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, the new shiny toys in. Week four, get him in. Uh, I'll tell you, the... the you can feel free to just take this advice, Andrew, or feel free to discard it. But between you and Ben, who clearly are very, very open with your sharing, six games in, you've won one between you. So, <laughs> and 
by contrast, I don't tell Shaz ever how much I'm bidding on my my <laughs> waiver wire selections, and I'm ah. two and one, so maybe there's something in a bit of secrecy for you. Yeah, the relationships. <laughs> exactly. Um, did Ben pick anyone else up? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he, did the Broncos. he bid seven on the Broncos D. What are your thoughts on, on a seven dollar bid on a defense? You're probably only going to start for one week. Do you, I mean? He said, I don't mind it, but um, I would probably bid seven dollars on a defense just so I had have someone to watch on the Thursday night game. That's worth his <laughs> weight in gold. Well. Interesting. I, I wonder if I detect a bit of bitterness in Keeney's voice there because he is playing you this week. So whether you're just a bit frustrated that he's actually... His roster has done a full, like, one eight. <laughs> he's got six different players starting for him this week than last. You're right, actually, because he's going to have Matt Ryan's new, he's got Robbie Anderson who's new, Jefferson's Will new, Will Fuller's new, and he's got the Broncos D. It's a rebirth. <laughs> well... Can I say I do like what he's doing though because um, when you're zero and three, you got to just you got to just try some stuff. So I like that he traded Lamar. Like from his point of view, makes a lot of sense. Like you got to just try and do something to to win something. I might need to take his advice at some point. (laughs) (laughs) My own advice. Um, I do like as well that he's picked players that like the players I traded him. They're all players that could put up. Like yeah. they're all high um, ceiling players as well. So even if he loses a couple and misses playoffs, he's still got a chance to put up the highest score for the season if they all go off. Yeah, and look, uh, cool. yeah, my my whole theory is, is if you own three, there's no point just sitting there with the same team that's got you to own three. And like if you've been unlucky, fair enough. But um, you know, I kind of commend people who try and make stuff happen. No, I agree. I think our league's getting better at that. Um, Years gone by, people just didn't trade and you'd have good players sitting on bad rosters all year. Whereas, as we've seen with Fitzy this year, he's prepared to have a trade and clearly Ben is as well. Um, I will point out as well, you know, <laughs> talking about how different Ben's rosters this week, you're going in, Keeney, with Jared Goff as your quarterback. He's new. Carlos Hyde, he's new. Um, Dobbins, Tyreek Hill and Moore is the same. Kittle's come back in. Evans, you didn't start last week. The real only rock at the centre of that team is Goggles himself, who just <laughs> got the big C on his on his breastplate. Yeah, and like whilst it looks like I'm projected to lose by eleven, they clearly haven't factored Goggles in here. They've only given him no, six. No, no, it's yeah. ludicrous. It's that double tickets minimum. Oh, well, I think well, I've got to... goggles in. Sorry, I was just going to say I've got Goggles in another league, and he got the win for me on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> just got it done oh, on the God. kicker. We'll see, Keeney, on your pickups, you picked up Hyde for thirty dollars. So you, but I reckon he's only going to start for what a week or two. They reckon. Yeah, well, I need to win at some point, so <laughs> probably, that was probably my um, my mindset. Is I I kind of yeah, I need to try and do something to get someone in um, to try and grab a few wins. I, I don't actually, despite common belief in this league, I actually don't mind my team that much. Um, once I get <laughs> a few back, I'll be all right. Um, has, um, has, has Carson been ruled out formally yet? Oh, he will be. No, no, he hasn't. So you know, who knows? Sprain. It's sprained knee, right? So probably. I mean, he's had a he's had some injuries in the past, so I think they'll be conservative with him. It's only Miami, um, but we'll see. Yeah, it's no guarantee. Yeah, I do like the pickup of Goff. I think he's just been playing well. And they got what Giants, Washington, and then San Fran without 
any of their players for the next three weeks. So, um, yeah, I kind of looked at Goff and Fitzpatrick and thought if no one takes them this week, I'll just try and pick one of them off if they're there. Um, yeah. They're both there. So I think they've both got really nice matchups going the next few weeks. So I'll tell you a, uh, just a, an interesting take that I've just thought of this year, which I probably shouldn't build my own comments as interesting tapes, but there's my segue into saying something. Um, this is the first year in probably a little while where there's a lot of quarterbacks who are just doing really well in a solid week in week out starters, which I reckon means for the first time in ages, there's far less guys streaming quarterbacks. And I sort of say this because I've been one in recent years who's done it. And it's hard because there's like every week there's a couple of great matchups, but you've got five guys competing for them. I can barely think of anyone this year who's doing that. I think as well the that middle tier of quarterbacks that we dogged people for drafting, they've all except for um, uh, what Deshaun Watson's probably Deshaun Watson. They've all sort of jumped into that elite quarterback level. So it's um, you know normally you'd have a couple of those sort of drop off and maybe look at switching out on a bad matchup, but, you know, Wilson, Kyler, um, and uh, what's his name from Buffalo? Um, I mean, they're pretty much all week in, week out starters now. You can't switch them out. No, and you look on the waiver wire, there's like, Breeze, you probably wouldn't start. Fitzpatrick, Bridgewater, Minshew, Mayfield, Derek Carr, Roethlisberger, Wentz, Tannehill, they're all there. Just like there's so many yeah. you can take. Even like Mullins, like not terrible. Um, you wouldn't want to, but there's just like there's 10 guys that you're like, oh, well, if I have to, I will. I'm just looking at the quarterback rankings year to date. So obviously Russell Wilson first, Josh Allen second. They're the only two who have scored above 90. You've then got Mahomes with 87, Dak with 84, Kyler with 80. So that's your top five that have scored 80 plus. And then there's two more in the 70s, the low 70s, which is Rogers and Newton. Um, and beneath that, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Joe Burrow in the low 60s, and Ben Roethlisberger is just below 60. So, like, if you if you know, you've always got a comparative kind of how far you're trailing in competition. So Russell Wilson on 100. When you get down to quarterback eight, you're on kind of 60, which means it's a pretty significant, you know, you're yeah, losing 40% probably, to those guys. So it's probably six or seven that are kind of in that top. Yeah. And it, for mine, it's probably more comparing like QB six to QB 15. There's probably not much between them. Yeah. And I, I guess I should say that Lamar's not in that top group as well. So you clearly put him in there. Matt Ryan's the eighth one. I'd probably, at least at the moment, you feel you'd be starting him every week until... The yep. form starts to shift. So yeah, that probably takes you to nine. So there's only there's only three that people would be looking around. So anyway, there's there's just a, a hot take for you that if I do say so myself. Um so I'll move on. Uh so Dale uh he paid five bucks for uh Brian Hill. He's dead. What do you think? I, I I to be honest, that that stinks to someone who didn't watch that game. Yeah, he had one good good points off just yeah exactly just a lucky thirty-five yard touchdown run or whatever it was. Yeah, Um, but then I think think he's made I think he's made this second move specifically to infuriate Keeney. He's picked up Goskowski. He hasn't dropped his regular kicker. He now has 
uh, got a kicker on the bench and in his starting lineup. I didn't notice that. Who did he drop for Goskowski? I think he had a. I think he did the like drop half his like two or three players before the waivers. All right. I reckon that's annoyed a few of us because I was pretty keen to get Goskowski back after swearing him off for life in week one and then almost taking him this week and watching him put up 25 or whatever he scored against Minnesota just just to... Oh, no, so he he picked up Coleman and then moved Coleman to the reserve and then that freed up the spot. So then he picked up that empty spot. He picked up Goskowski. But he's still got two kickers. Yeah, so he's still got Tucker in his starting lineup. He's just got Goskowski sitting there. You're playing him too, Andrew. So who who would you rather, Tucker or Goskowski? It's a it's a good point. I think Tucker will probably score more against Washington as opposed to Goskowski against Pittsburgh. Yeah, mm. they could they could put up fifty this week, Baltimore. Very interesting. <laughs> With no uh, Chase Young, I think he's out. So. Maybe you read oh, something into my comments about the uh, the luck that Goskowski brings you once you once you commented <laughs> on him, me having him in a championship game a couple of years ago. Um, so we've got um, we touched on Camo adding Sony Michelle again. No more new to be said. Keep going. Um, <laughs> I picked up Moelle Cox, uh, the Jets D, and then just as the podcast started. Uh, he was no one had picked him up, and I picked up the man, the myth, the legend, Hunter Renfro, straight Ooh. into my starting lineup. Look, it's great to see the journey of Hunter Renfro continuing, and he was did a couple of okay things last week. You did, you did miss one other one. It was a very sly pickup that you just neglected to mention there, and that was Joey Sly himself, the kicker. Just oh, got him I off the way. He's in, a good kicker. So. Oh and yeah. They, no. And they just, let him just kick for live, you're not to mention him. Oh. They're all the time, mate. Um, well, I, I actually, because um, mainly because Arizona against Detroit, like they gave up a lot of yards, but then Detroit, I think, kicked four field goals or something. Like they were keeping them out of the end zone. So, and I don't yeah. think Carolina's offense is better. It's pretty similar to Detroit. So, I'm hoping for a repeat this week. I overthought that way too much. It's a lot of. <laughs> Run me through that Sly is projected for more points than Justin Tucker. Just staggers me. It's, it's, a, it's a Havers type guy with a spreadsheet just plugging in some numbers that spits out those projections. I just had a look at Justin Tucker's photo. He's an odd-looking man. Like, his neck is wider than his face. <laughs> Funny enough, <laughs> Well, if he's got a sensible haircut, I might have to have a chat to Dale about trading one of them to me since he's got two kickers. Um, th- this is totally off topic. And I can't name names because it's not to do with anyone in this league, but someone that a lot of us know let, let us uh, let us in on the secret the other day that he can't get his haircut at a salon because his neck doesn't fit in the chairs where they put your head back to wash your hair. <laughs> His neck's too wide, and it sounds like sensible haircut himself. Justin Tucker might have that same problem. So, well, maybe... Justin Tucker's more a skinny. He's got a really skinny face than a really fat neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, if anyone out there is out of work for COVID and looking to get into business, maybe adjustable neck size. That's 
fucking chairs. <laughs> when you thought when you thought COVID nineteen was the worst thing that was going to happen in twenty twenty, that's a disaster. Like going into the barber shop and the neck just getting jammed up. <laughs> we asked him the question. Like, how did you learn this? Like, what was the incident? Oh, well, going into a hairdresser, yeah, exactly. You know, the jaws of life got produced by the <laughs> or something. So, anyway. Um, and then, lastly, uh, Manny, you've you've uh, pulled out the pur- uh, open the purse strings for Benny Snell at two dollars <laughs> again, again. Yeah. Now, nah, look, I, I will respond because I'm not too sure who it was, but someone just gave me a bit of a clip in the WhatsApp group earlier today. I'm looking it up as we speak, but I think it was Dale. Um, I was Dale, right. So probably anonymous, another anonymous note under the door tonight on this one too. Dale, just, just so you know, and feel free to use this one yourself. If you have a guy who's your handcuff running back, because I've obviously got, um, I've, I've got James Connor, I could either leave him on the waivers and if James Connor get injured, pay 50 for him, or I could just keep him on my roster from Thursday through Sunday every week and pay one or two each week and then release him during the week so I can make all my roster moves and it's going to end up being cheaper for me in the long run rather than taking the risk and having to pay and also running the risk of not getting him. So that's the reason I drop him every week and pick him back up for nothing. So if you really want to be annoying next week, feel free to bid 10 on him and take him off me. Use up your fab. <laughs> Probably something that Woodsy will do. Woodsy seems to like just throwing his fab on Woodsy doesn't have the fab to be... <laughs> Frittering it away willy-nilly. What did you say he's down to? 17 or something? Yeah. Well, have a look at a couple of the the bids he put in this week and he clearly does think he's made a money still. I was going to say, a little bit of breaking news, not that it's amazingly breaking, but it's just words has come through that Chris Godwin's out definitely this week and it could be out for two weeks because they play on Thursday the following week. So that's some relatively big news. Mm. Jared, yeah, Jared's just yeah, not not going his way early in the year, is it? We'll start Mike Evans this week. Thoughts? Yeah, Mike Evans. I'd be, I would be, yeah, yeah. Just trying to find Jared's roster. There he is. Oh, it's a good roster. He, he'll be fine. I yeah, like Parker Diggs and Adams. Yeah, it's probably not too bad. To... <laughs> yeah, I could do with those three. Points. You know what? I reckon. Oh. I'd almost trade him if I was him. Godwin. Could be a yeah. lingerer. Could just be lingering all year this. Yeah, and, and, and he doesn't need him. And he could get, like, that's the sort of move that uh, clearly, like a Ben or a Keeney or a um, Fitzy who are just, who are like, oh, I'll take the risk. He might be back next week and I'm just going to hang on. I, re- I reckon. I mean, equally, you could get some guys who are 3-0 and who take him. But I reckon also, because he's, he's a, Unsure. It's one that you might throw something at. Lumped me in that bottom tier. It's really hurting my face. <laughs> the, the look of rage that came across Kenny's face when I said that <laughs> was, uh, was priceless. Fair enough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back through this and screenshot that later on. No, it's fair enough. All right. Do you want to? Um, we've done all the waivers. Ah, uh, yeah. That's everything. Actually, I, I'll throw out two very quick ones for you. Haver, Joe Burrow. Thought that was interesting. Just someone taking the plunge there. Yep. And uh, and Fitzy, Eric Ebron, just the uh, revolving door down at the judge duties continues with tight ends coming in. And I've got a feeling he'll be going out again pretty quickly. But I guess it's a setup from Gronk. 
So who did, who did Havers have? Because he's straight in, Joey. Joey he B. Dropped, uh, Tannehill for him. Because he dropped yeah. uh, Breeze for Tannehill and then he dropped Tannehill for... Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, we, that we have, well, Joe Burrow, I mean, I, th- I think I said before he was top 10. So not bad. But we, we also know that Havers just has absolute disdain for quarterbacks. So he's, he's happy just to... Drop looks, them in two minutes. It looks a one week sort of setup though. They got Baltimore in Baltimore the following week. So anyway, it's a good matchup this week. He might be the only guy looking for it next week though, so he might have his pick. Yeah, you can do it. So yeah. All right, let's move into the the previews of this week. If everyone's if everyone's done with transactions, so um, we'll do these in in. No particular order. The order they pop up on mine. Um, all right. So, firstly, you got me at two and one coming up against Cam Larry's dump truck. Um, I'm going to say the projections. I don't know why because they're just pointless. But it's got Cam projected to win by four. Although I've got no kicker at the moment, so probably has me winning slightly. Thoughts on this one? I was going to say Mahomes versus Watson, um, which we always like to see. It's a nice little matchup. Mark Ingram's still in the starting lineup, I see, but it is a tasty matchup. They could just be, they could run this all day. I guess. Once you get in that frame of mind that Baltimore just run and Ingram's going to be the beneficiary, it's so hard to not start him because and, every uh, second matchup feels like that. And, and you being on the receiving end of this, Steve, do you look at, like, I always look at my opponent's defense and go, oh, no. That's got 25 written all <laughs> Raven against Washington. I can see Haskins throwing like two pick sixes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Play from behind for a lot of the game. I, I just brace yourself for whatever's coming there. I don't feel great about it. It's fair to say. Um, yeah. I, and that's why I did have a crack at the Jets D coming up against Denver because I thought I, I probably need a high upside defense and missed out on them to Andrew. Um, the, the, the other thing I would add on my team, I've currently got Thomas and Julio in my lineup, but yeah. I think yeah, Thomas will be what they're saying. Yeah, Julio was game time decision last week, so hopefully he does. But um, yeah, my lineup can potentially look a bit worse if, if one or both of them are out. And Cam still hasn't put Davis in his starting lineup. Mm. Well, he's after breaking the bank for him. Yeah, I guess like he could he could quite easily have him in his flex. CD Lamb's good, but I'd probably start Davis over him. McLaurin and Hopkins, uh, particularly McLaurin when they're playing Baltimore, because you've got to assume they're just throwing the whole game, and they're yeah. not throwing a Stephen Sims as I learnt last week. So there's not many other targets down there at Washington. That's going to be a close game. It feels like that one. Some good players on both sides. Yeah, it's it's very tight too. I had a look at the ladder earlier and let's look at it right now. So you've got, um, there's the two teams. Sorry, this Camo is the only one at 3-0. and You've then got Reese, Woodsy, Dale, Cam, me and Haver all on 2-1. and one. And basically you can throw a blanket over Woodsy, Dale, Cam and myself. We're all within six points in total score. So extremely tight there in that middle part of the ladder. Party attempted to start Miles Gaskin? Um, well, he's basically the guy I shuffle in if 
it looks like Jones or Thomas isn't going to play into my flex. The, the problem I've got is with uh, Atlanta game being the Monday night game, it puts me in a really awkward position if they don't make an early call on Julio, if, he, if he's another game time. But equally, the fact that it's a later game probably means there's more chance of playing because he gets an extra time to prepare. So yeah. probably my biggest problem at the moment. Because half your team's Atlanta, you've got... Yeah, it's, uh, you can't really do much for your flex there, can you? You just almost got to hope that if nothing comes out by that point, you got to just... What are you going to do? Well, I'll leave him in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave him in there, literally, and, and take the risk. I'm not going to start someone else over him. Um, I, look, I'm, there's still a chance that I started Gaskin over maybe Gordon, but we'll see. But then you miss out on having the beloved uh, Friday morning game. Yeah, I know, I know, which the defense would have helped me with. But uh, I haven't looked. <laughs> Does he have anyone? He doesn't have anyone either. Oh. No, Fant. Uh, he's got Fant on his bench, so he might bring Fant in. Mm, makes well, sense. Whatever he does, I know it's going to be wrong because he's not got that starting position right once this year. So <laughs> I'll just sit back and let him mess that one up again. Um, I might have a look at my work diary for Friday and just see how much time I've got free to watch the game and might let, let that make the roster decision for me whether or not I'm watching it. <laughs> um, because, and I will make a confession here, I wasn't, I, I had an absolute flat out day on Tuesday. So I didn't watch any of the, um, Patrick Mahomes comeback game until I, I sort of had it on, but I was not looking at it, was not paying any attention, wasn't checking scores. And then I saw there was like a hundred messages in a couple of WhatsApp groups. And I had a couple of individual messages <laughs> from people going, Oh, have a look at this. So I sort of, I watched the last probably quarter and a bit of the game, but yeah, I missed most of the fun because of that. So that's a part of my roster decisions. Next game, Dale and you, Andrew. Um, Dale's projected with 120 or 117, so that's pretty tight. Both teams have a full roster in at the moment. Keeney, what do you make of this one? Well, it's the first look at the Lamar, Jackson, Mark Andrews stack. (laughs) Must be pretty excited by that, Andrew. Against Washington, I am. Um, I was nearly trade... I sent some offers to trade Mark Andrews out earlier today, but... Um, I was one. I actually sent one to you for Kittle, and then cancelled straight away because I was like, I'd rather have Andrews with the stack than have Kittle. I think at the moment, it's disrespectful. Um, <laughs> is, is how far away is Chark? Because he can't possibly start Hunter Renfro. I reckon let's he's just done that because he knew we were going through it in a minute. Let's get to <laughs> um, Shark. I don't know. He apparently they thought he might play last week, and now his chest injury, which they haven't said what it is, it's just a chest injury. Um, he's had to go for more tests. So who fucking knows? I think Dale's got some nice matchups this week. Actually, just looking through it, like a couple of um, LA Rams guys. Obviously, Tuck, like this is like classic Justin Tucker twenty point zone, isn't it? Mm. I've seen this story before. Um, um, you know what's going to happen? The, whatever the Seattle wide receiver down. Yeah. And w- whichever, uh, whichever one of the kickers Dale starts will be wrong. There is no sure thing in the world. <laughs> he starts Tucker and Goskowski puts up another 20. And, and, you know, Baltimore will score 42. I'll tell you what. Just eight, you know, six touchdowns and one point conversions. 
Can we, will, will we see a little tinker here? Landry to Valdez Scantling? I can see that as a real hipster type Dale move. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Atlanta secondary Aaron Rodgers. I reckon that's. Ooh. He'll have a long Dallas. That. Like, that's going to be a high scoring game as well. I, I struggle to see Dale ever putting someone on his roster that he doesn't know who they are. And on, on his starting lineup, I reckon. And, and like, that's the reason that. You know, notably, he's finally dropped Saquon Barkley. And he, I must admit, I spoke to him during the week and he admitted we got every single thing right last week when we predicted that he kept him just for the team name, when we <laughs> predicted why he took the waivers that he took. All of it was 100% correct. Notice he's dropped him now. But, of course, he just picks up Tevin Coleman because he knows who he is. And he's a San Fran guy, even though he's on IR. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd be very shocked if Dale does some sort of weird, you know, Valdez scanning start move. But could be the week. Against Atlanta, as you say, it's a pretty good matchup. Yeah. What else have we got here? So AJ Brown's probably not going to play, is he? No, nah, he's got severe bone bruising. Yeah. It's, yeah. So does does that mean Greg Ward's your guy over Hunter Renfro, or do you actually start Hunter Renfro, assuming Chark and Brown don't play? Um. Oh, there's a couple of players that got dropped. This uh, this week on the waivers that are right. looking yeah. at, uh, yeah, Preston Cooks got dropped as well. So, uh, <laughs> so it's so got some. You've you just brought in Hunter Renfro, but you'd prefer to start someone who's not yet currently on your lineup, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, yeah, but why bring in Hunter Renfro? For the podcast. Hunter Renfro for the listeners. All right, that's fine. I look forward to the next step in his journey because uh, if if I'm listening to this podcast, you can find Hunter Renfro on the waivers in about 24 hours from now. It's clearly for the dossier and we're trying to get it up to 50 transactions on Hunter Renfro. So I appreciate your efforts. Uh, I, I like it as well. And I'm, I'm just digging here because I want him back on my roster. Back. <laughs> I, and I say back because I, I actually drafted him last year, I think it was. So little known fact. He lasted about a week. All right, next game. Um, we've got fantasy team Jared coming up against Year of the Haver, Havers. Um, Jared must have, yeah, he's got no kicker, so projection's kind of out the window, but it's got Havers winning by a bit regardless. Thoughts on this one? Well, it's good to, it's good to see that he's listening to the podcast in live um, at live time because he's already got Godwin off the roster, smart. <laughs> it's just come through. I... I Ironically, we talked about it in his um, review, but Ayuk played really well and looked pretty nice. So mm. he's got some nice depth there and he could be tempted to start him over Parker. Not sure there, but um, um, yeah, he's, he's a little he's a little bit unlucky with a few of his injuries at the moment. But um, as we've said a few times, he's got a pretty deep roster at the moment. Interesting, he's going to have to drop someone here for the kicker that he has, hasn't got at the minute. So... I know he picked up he picked up Darrington Evans this week, didn't he? Um, so yeah. maybe, it's, but um, he may not need a kicker. Who knows? Look at Haver's team. He's probably going to need a kicker. This is for the first time we get to see the the full barrel of uh, Haver's team, like with Golladay, Kamara, Cooper, um, Jones. Like it's a pretty impressive lineup he's got at the moment, um, and he's picked up. I didn't touch on the waivers, but 
Ocho podcast uh, legend Chris Herndon on his bench. <laughs> Didn't notice that. Look, I, I, I'll say from my end, we've we did our preseason predictions, and it's fair to say we're doing pretty well at the moment because you guys both had Camo, who's three and O, sitting atop the table. Um, and, and my my two that I called out were Jared and Havers, and looking at these two rosters, they're looking pretty good as well. So I know Jared's one and two, but especially when you factor in what they've got injured sitting on the bench. So I reckon we're we're pretty on the money here in the Ocho Bowl podcast when it comes to predictions. That's why we get paid the big bucks. <laughs> That's right. That's why the sponsors are lining up as well. Another thing for, for Havers is that he's got Jimmy Graham in the lineup and that's an interesting move. But with Nick Foles under centre in Chicago now, he looked to be pretty comfortable throwing to him. So it could be a nice little cheap tight end option for him. Mm. Going. Worst case, you can always trade him to Fitzy. <laughs> Jimmy. He's the one... You know, 2011 good player that um, Fitzy would actually be all right having on his roster this year. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next one. We've got Ben 0 3 against Keeney 1 and 2, who thought he was 0 3, which shows about how well he's going. So, <laughs> <laughs> the, the battle of the, the bottom dwellers. What's, it, what's our take here, Andrew? Two completely refreshed lineups. This is the first Loser Leaves Town match. Whoever looks. <laughs> it's a long way back this is gonna four, have an uphill climb yeah, yeah. it's tough I guess, it, well you need with six teams making the playoffs like it's you you can probably get in with what seven wins maybe you still got a shot yeah you do but it's it's very hard because there's just there's very few easy games in our league you kind of rely yeah. on something going really wrong I just got to play myself at some point. <laughs> well, I reckon. I reckon the the clear talking point of this game, as always, is goggles, and he's got a reasonable matchup against Chicago. I reckon. Rodrigo. <laughs> he looked good last week, though. No, he'll, he'll be firing. Though. He'll be firing blank and chips. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully it's a close one and you guys don't just sort of miles apart like blanking ships in the night. So, because we're looking for a bit of entertainment out of this one. Uh, so, so I looked it up last year with our first year of six teams playing playoffs. Seven and six got you in the playoffs. So you can still make it at 0 and 4, but it's tough. I've got faith. Although I reckon, I reckon from. One and three, it's doable. Oh, and four is very, very tough, though. I'd love to probably it's somewhere in Haver's spreadsheet in a macro or something, but no, if anyone's ever done it from there before. Um, probably not because we were four team finals for most of the history of this league. All right, let's move on to the next one. And we've gone from this the bottom of the barrel to the top of the cake with first versus second, Camo and Reese. Um, not particularly high projected game, but got Camo slightly ahead on projections, 120 to 116. Keeney, what do you think? Yeah, it's obviously a big matchup. I'm um, quite looking forward to it, actually. I'm looking at Camo's matchups as we speak, I've spoke about how good Kyler Murray's um, going to have it for the next month or so, but then 
it's I'm going to be fascinated to see what Bill Belichick does with Clyde Edwards-Helaire this week and, like, which weapon he takes away. Um, we know he's very good at doing that. Um, I don't think the Jacobs v. Buffalo matchup's great either. Um, I've got a feeling that Reese is going to win this. Um, I think he's going to not come off here. So we'll see. What do you reckon, Andrew? Yeah, I think with, when you got Cleveland against Dallas, like that could be, um, you know, a 35 to 40 game. So Hunt and Charles, I guess then Camo uh, has Beckham. But um, yeah, with a Hilaire, like normally against a good quarterback, so he'll try and make him beat him in the run. So I could see him having a decent game. But um, I mean, that Cleveland v. Dallas game, at the moment, they've both got two starters from that game. So, I mean, it could be that game that decides the matchup. Mm. I like the quarterback matchup, Newton and Murray, because they're both mm-hmm. guys that could put up 30, but they're both shown they can put up low scores as well. So, Interesting, interesting side note. Do you think... Um... KC have got a little bit of a leg up with Cam Newton, given they played Lamar on the weekend and, and stopped him pretty well. Do you think that kind of bodes well for maybe Cam doesn't have a big game? Yeah, I could see that. Like, it's they're a bit sort of different in the way they run. Like, Cam's more of a power runner. Well, like, Lamar can run over people, but like, he's very agile, whereas Cam is just get up to speed and go at them. Um, and they don't really – Baltimore don't really do sort of those, like, fake run passes that he would, Cam's been doing the first couple of weeks. So, I mean, it would be better than playing, like, Matt Ryan or someone, I guess, the mm. week before. It'd be a good game. Mm. It's I, – I, like, as I mentioned earlier, didn't watch the, the game live, but I've watched the game in 40 since, and – I wonder how much of the Baltimore thing was Kansas City's offense being so good that they just sucked up all the time and they just didn't give Baltimore time on yeah. offense. Like, KC is okay as a defense, but, you know, they usually they bleed a few yards because they can because they're usually miles ahead. So, I don't know. I guess game script comes, comes into that one pretty heavily. One I don't like just their year so far, and maybe maybe it's because... It might change because of a couple of injuries, but Juju, it's not looking great to me. Just feel like he's just not getting a heap of targets. You know, Deontay seems to be more of a guy. At, obviously got injured, so that might change things a little bit. But like, even his touchdown, which kind of propped his score up on the weekend, was just luck, basically. They busted the coverage and he just got miles <laughs> on his own. Yeah, he's still he's still scoring all right at the moment. Um Kind of with you. It looked like Deontay Johnson was getting bulk of the targets. Um, look, I think, yeah, look, I think you'd still start Juju and he'll be all right. Um, and with Deontay out, they've just got so many weapons. Like Claypool looks good. Um, yeah. Washington involved. Connor, Snell, McFarlane's playing a little bit now. Like they've got so many weapons. So sometimes it's hard for, for Juju to get 10 targets in a game. That's probably the concern. He's not getting those big target games, it's more four, five, six, whereas you want him getting nine, 10, 11. Yeah, that's right. And, and he's had, I think he's, his targets have been six, eight and five, but he's receiving yards 69, 48, 43. So he's just, I don't know, he just feels like a different player to me. 
Super much. Kamo's rude about him. You can always move Allen from the flex and then bring in Sony Michelle to play in the flex. Well, yeah, he's probably got that in mind. That's why he brought Sony back <laughs> onto the roster. Paid the big bucks for him. What about yeah. um, what about Odell Beckham? Are you worried about him too? Yes, very much. <laughs> don't rate him at all. Like he just, I don't know. He he's he will have a couple of monster games this year for sure because just he will. But I would I wouldn't want him in my team. Like they're 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 so run heavy and they're it's working for them, and they got two really good ones. Um, yeah, I just think he's. His floor is pretty low. Like, mm. I can just... Like, he had four targets on the weekend or something. Like, I can... It, it'd be very frustrating to own, I reckon. Because he's... Obviously, the talent's there. And you're right, he could go off for a 30 one week. But um, who knows? I suppose for the Camo, the good thing for him, in a way, is that he doesn't really have anyone else to play ahead of him at the moment. Yeah. So, it's yeah. just an auto-start him and see what happens. Don't have to worry too much about it. Yeah. I think, as we said earlier, Camo is just, he's looking pretty good and, you know, hard to fault the only guy that's undefeated, but he's kind of two injuries away from being in real trouble because there's just not a lot of depth there. Mm. Right. And it, it's true. It is, it is the kind of year. And we did say that. And that's why the savant among us traded down our top round draft picks at the start because we thought depth is important this year. Um, two of us on the podcast being in that camp. The uh, final matchup of the round, Bit of a grudge match, which it pretty much always is with Woodsy, but it's got Fitzy as well. So I can imagine we're going to spend about 45 minutes talking about this one next week because these are the two teams we spend the majority of time talking about. Um, Not surprisingly, Fitzy's projected to lose. Woodsy only by five points, 118 to 113. Uh, Woodsy at this stage still sticking with his highly drafted Harrison Butker 49ers combo. Thoughts here? Is Fitz, is this the week Fitzy gets on the board? Well, my takeaway from this game is it could all come down to whether Mostert plays or not. Because if Mostert uh, plays, then Jeff Wilson uh, probably has to go to the bench and Woodsy's got to play sexy Rexy Burkhead, which is not somewhere where you want to be. Um, <laughs> Frank Gore goes um, in again, but it, I guess he's got to make the call on Gore early because it's the Friday game, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He won't. Mm. It's a good call. Um, and then, yeah, and then if he obviously starts, then but if most it doesn't start, then um, uh, Fitzy's got to put Lenny Fawns back in his lineup. Which is, if he puts him in his lineup, you know he's not going to do well. <laughs> well, tell you what, th- this could this could have a really really interesting sort of byline here if they hold a game time decision for most of it and literally make it a game time, like an hour before, nine minutes before, because it forces Woodsy into a call on Wilson or no Wilson, which you would assume he's probably not going to make the call by Friday. So Gore's out. So it's, he's got to make a Rex Burkhead decision at the late window of games. And then Fitzy's also got to make a call because Fournette's the early game. So uh, it's almost like they both have to take a gamble. Well, here's a, an extra layer to that. There's currently a standing trade offer that I've sent to Fitzy of Todd Gurley and someone else. I can't remember who I put as the second player for Mostert and uh, Jerry Judy. So he has, if he wants that, he has to accept it by 
the uh, the Thursday game. So then he has to try and decide, like, because Gurley's going to play and he's got a good matchup, mm. but then and, he, and he's most, the Monday night game, right? So yeah, that would give he obviously needs the starting running back. Yeah, I like it. So what does he do in that case? So let's say he gives you. So hang on, he's he's giving up most of it. So, so most of it, so Gurley slots in there. And then he would start. And then he's going to find the flex. Yeah, I well, think I, I guess he could. What Watkins, Chanel, like he's got guys he could start the flex, even AP. Uh, Watkins. Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite. I guess he. I don't know. Interesting. See if well, how much? It. It'd be interesting if this one's close too, because it'll be Rogers to close it out versus no one. Um, so we'll know how much Rogers needs to score against an awful Atlanta secondary. I, if I'm Woodsy and I'm only 30 up, I'd be nervous. Okay. If Woodsy's yeah. 30 up going into the last quarter, I'd still be nervous with that Atlanta <laughs> defense. Yeah, well, well, Atlanta could be 30 up going into the last quarter. <laughs> he could still lose from there. Very good point. So, I'll tell no. you what I'm feeling for Atlanta at the moment because clearly with a team that's very invested in how Atlanta goes, it's great to see him being so good on offense and so bad on defense, but they've got to start winning some games because... Like you just if you're zero and ten, you don't keep putting up these sort of numbers every week. You start trading guys out and resting guys and stuff. So very nervous. I need him to get a win, and I don't think it's going to be this week. That'll be right. Let's hope so. Get Julio back. All right. Well, I think that's the last of our games. Um, so anything else we wanted to add before we sign off ahead of ahead of a big week three and, and not a very sorry but big week four but not a very exciting Thursday night game I mean I'd just like to commend us on what well, we this uh, weekly podcast was going to be a 20 to 30 minute podcast and I think we've gone about two hours today well the good news is we've basically not had any internet disruption so I don't have to edit it at all I can just chop out that bit at the start and we're straight in which is good the avid yeah. listeners will get to hear it by tomorrow morning. Nice. Good luck to everyone, particularly Fitzy. Get the win, mate. You'll be you'll tea. Good luck. And, and year good the, luck. Year of the Fitzy. And, and, and year of the, uh, well, the week of the, the Keeney or Ben, which good to see one of those very, very ordinary <laughs> franchises getting a win this week. <laughs> Thanks, boys. All right. Say what? Have a good one. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby.